0: Listener Production. Two cuddly boys overloading the bromance cutometer. Yes, it's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast.
1: Bro, did you know that only 10.6% of CPR is actually successful and leads to a hospital discharge? Oh, man. It's wild, hey, because, I mean, mm. you hear about all... I mean, in movies, it's always like, you know, there's someone doing CPR. It's, I mean, like, proper heart-stopped... Mm. Breathing in mouth, everything like that. That it's only a, you, like it's just the odds are so difficult. Plus, there's broken ribs and yep. sternums and yep. stuff. People in hospital for a long time on life It's, it's wild stuff. Ten percent better than nothing, though. It you is. haven't had gosh. to
2: haven't had to perform it recently, have you?
1: No, gosh, no. Uh, we did have to do the uh, you know when you have a baby, you have to do the. Um, it's good to do a you know first aid thing, but no, I haven't. I haven't had to except you know of course all the times so I've had to bloody bring this show back to life. (laughs) Hey? (laughs) Mate, I saw Ruben from Peking Duck doing some serious CPR on your rollerblading abilities. He (laughs) carried that team across the line. Yeah, I tell you what, um...
2: (laughs) Many, many times Ruben was the surgeon and I was I was the rollerblader like on that gurney. And he's like, we're losing him! And he had to pull out all the stops to bring dude. through a win for the Blazers. But if you haven't seen the video, do get on that. It's been a very fun week. Um, yeah, reminiscing about our uh, blading and skating over the weekend. A lot
1: of, a lot of people get it. Someone got in touch with me on, on the Instagram saying, dude, I know it looks fun and everything, but I've had about five friends try to get back into skating. Serious injuries. <laughs> so just don't. Now, I'll say here right now on this episode, if you do watch that video, you'll see Alex Dyson do two things. <laughs> he slides across the mono board. On my thing, belly. Very small, on his belly. And then he rides across the rail, like over the rail with his legs. They were the only two things you did the entire time. I jumped onto that One box that
2: was four (laughs) centimetres off the ground and then jumped off the end. They didn't use the footage. They put the GoPro in the middle and I put both legs around either side of it and and jumped off.
1: All right. They didn't
2: show yours. Wednesday Me and show, Adam. They, they also, there was a bit of misinformation because Matt's tricks, he tried a few. He was, he was only successful 10% of the time as well. <laughs> so we're speaking about odds there. But listen, <laughs> it's going to be a big Friday show for you today. Not only are we going to be bringing producer Bron in for a little Friday session, It's got quite a funny story. We've also got a very important interview that we're going to be having with Jamila Rizvi. We won't tell you exactly what's going on just yet, but that is coming up and super
1: important listening. So stay tuned for that one. All right, let's get stuck into it. It's Matt and Alex, All their Breakfast. Hope you're having a good one. This is just the start. Everyone
2: ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go.
1: Here we go, here
3: we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
1: Producer Brian, you've uh, had an incident happen to a friend of yours over the weekend?
3: Yeah, I got told this story by my cousin. She's like, my brother had um, a date over the house. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He's got a younger brother.
2: Single people always have the best stories. Let's be honest here.
3: (laughs) They do.
2: (laughs) Let's be honest. Like... Our podcast (laughs) only survives off the back of single people because (laughs) relationship stories, I mean, I'm sorry, Matt. I love Sophia. (laughs) I love you. i got to tell you.
1: There's only so many uh, two-year-old nap time stories that you can deal with, I hear.
2: We do need to balance that with a good old single anecdote. And Bron, you've got one.
3: I'm stealing one, yes. (laughs) So he had a girl over. He was making her a coffee. He's like, oh, you know... Any dietary requirements? Is this next morning coffee or is it... um, I believe it's next morning coffee. Okay. okay, I believe next morning. Okay. So then he's like, you know, any dietary requirements? She's like, oh, I'm just allergic to walnuts. And he was like, oh, we didn't have any. Don't
2: have any walnuts? Well, he was
3: thinking like, walnut milk, we're not that fancy. (laughs) I didn't even know that's a thing. Anyway, so he made her a latte with almond milk. And then she starts getting a reaction. (sighs) Uh Uh-oh. And he's like, What's wrong? And she's like, oh, like, what's in this coffee? He's like, oh, I've just put almond milk in there. She said, I'm allergic to all nuts. Uh, <laughs> <What>? Oh, no! <laughs> Why would she oh, do that? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so she starts going into shock. Luckily, no. she had an EpiPen <laughs> with her. She's a nurse, so she did it herself.
1: Oh, my god!
3: Recovered. She's like, I need to go home. What date was this? this- I, think, I think this was the first date.
2: First oh, sleepover. No, Though I'm allergic to all nuts.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's yeah.
2: devastating. I don't know
3: if there's going to be a date two because a couple red flags. Like red flag number one doesn't listen. No.
1: <laughs> do you go back after that? That's tough. Yeah. Do you do, do you return? Because
2: usually the next you- morning is the most awkward time, and I don't, I'm not accusing because it absolutely didn't happen. But someone in the world probably has faked an anaphylactic shock to get out of it. <laughs> I don't think this is the one, but there's there's some uh, there's some people out there that would do something like that to imagine my go that home. she's
1: still like she's fully got the EpiPen just on <laughs> prop EpiPen on standby, <laughs> <laughs> like that's her modus. <laughs> <laughs> Allergic to all nuts. What's well, gone down on your first date? Let us know.
2: Either, you know, first date story or I like what have you misheard.
1: <laughs> yes. So, and, and and the consequences of mishearing it. Um, a couple of texts came in. Matt
2: Okine at alex.
1: Yeah, Meg DC one said, so a guy called me and asked about the infrared. <laughs> I just hung up thinking it was a scam or a prank. Turns out it was someone asking about my room for rent, <laughs> which I was advertising. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Looking for the infrared. No, thank you. <laughs> Ori has message as well. My first order at Subway, I missed out on all the salads. I thought they said, do you want salt and pepper? <laughs> like, oh, no, thank you. Do you want salads? No, thank you.
1: <laughs> That's nowhere near close, Ori. What the heck was going on? You
2: can't really give it back when it's all wrapped up and cut in half. <laughs>
1: Hannah also got in touch from uh, Canberra. G'day, Hannah. Hey, how are you guys? We're great, thank you. You heard something, uh, misheard something on a first date.
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, so this was, uh, I guess, like an online date. So, you know, first time we were meeting. It was about beginning of last year. And it was going pretty well. So, you know, we'd had a round of drinks and thought, oh, you know, let's get another. And I guess if you've been on a few online dates, you know that sometimes one drink is plenty before you leave, but this was going well. <laughs> Yeah. Great. Yeah, great. yeah, so, you know, went inside. First round, I had a glass of rosé eggs it was nice and warm, but it was cooling down, so then I got a glass of bread instead, which is an important piece of textual information for later. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Okay, moving down the colour spectrum from uh, pink to red. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yep, know. go
0: yeah. for it. Yeah, a bit cool. So we we're sitting outside, went back and, yeah, sat That's down cool. Cool. and he goes, oh, uh, so what do you think of children? And I was like.
2: Oh. On the oh. first date.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> I was like.
0: Yeah. Uh, my first thought was just disappointment. I was like, oh, you were so normal. I was going so well.
1: <laughs> He's already hitting you with, uh, you know, what are we going to call them? Yeah. Like, Chat, wow. like,
0: oh, this is weird. Uh, so I was like, oh, I guess, you know, I just kind of have to like, you know, just brush it off with a, you know, a joke or something, like not going to get into mm-hmm. some deeper, meaningful conversation about kids on the first date. So with a joke that a friend used to say was that uh, kids are like boats. It's great when your friends have them.
1: <laughs> yeah, but they, they're they just a money pit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they take all your time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah.
0: But then he just starts laughing hysterically. And I'm like, what? Like, you can't, like, you can't even get words out he's laughing that hard. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, I'm funny, but I'm not that funny. Like, <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't even get words out. Eventually, he get catches his breath, and he says, "Oh, no, 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 no! I I didn't say children. I said, do you like chilled red?
1: <laughs> oh, as in the
0: wine.
2: Nice <laughs> oh, <that's> chilled Shiraz.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, how did how did the rest of the day go? Was there a second date?
0: There actually was. It was a pretty good icebreaker to just like laugh at ourselves and. My silliness
2: from mishearing things. Um, the question is, are you expecting some chilled red in the future?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: not with him. So. Okay, fair okay. enough. Oh, fair wow. enough. Okay. Well,
1: thank you so much for getting in Titanna. <laughs> yeah, no worries.
2: I love wine and everything about it. What are you into wine? I love wine.
3: Smell toast. Hey, it's producer Bron here. This segment touches on some heavy topics, including domestic violence. If you're not feeling up to listening to this today, please feel free to skip ahead to the next segment. If you or someone you know is affected by this topic, there's some resources in our show notes which may help. All right, Matt, let's
2: take a break on the Friday to have a very serious conversation. A brand new podcast is looking into uh, the stories of survivors of family violence. It's produced by Future Women and the podcast is called There's No Place Like Home. Uh, The absolutely abhorrent statistics that we're continuing to see uh, can be really tough to just um, wrap your head around when they are numbers. And so this podcast is really important when it comes to getting the stories of people who have been in these situations. And to tell us a bit about it from Future Women, from the weekend briefing on Listener as well, uh, and the EP of the There's No Place Like Home podcast, Jamila Rizvi joins us right now. Hello, Jamila.
4: Hey, thanks for having me. And I can't tell you, how many chats I've had about this podcast with women and how few I've had with men who are keen to engage about these issues. So thank you for having the discussion in the first place. Seriously.
1: No, look, it's, yeah, I mean, it's such an important discussion and um, it's something that immediately drew my attention, especially even just the name of it. There's no place like home. We're, we're fascinated at the moment with true crime podcasts and I'm someone who, who, you know, gets sucked into that world and, and these sort of this danger lurking outside of the predators that live down the dark alley or you know that um that that terrorize the streets. but there's no place like home, even the name kind of gives me more chills by the fact that I'm sure you've probably you know I'm assuming that you've a uh, part of the part of the discussions you have is that it's one of the most dangerous places for women in this country.
4: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think in this country and in a lot of parts of the world we get, captured as a community, and I feel uncomfortable almost talking about it, but we get captured by real life stories uh, when women are killed in circumstances like Jill Ma was or like Eurydice Dixon were women who are killed by strangers on the street, right? I am is another one uh, because we're obsessed with this idea that you could be an ordinary person walking down the street, walking home from work, whatever it might be, and that you might be attacked and killed and that is something that happens to women and absolutely deserves attention. But what happens far more often is that the greatest danger to a woman is living in the same Uh, under the same roof as her. And I think especially as we come out of a pandemic during a period of two years where we told people to stay home because that was where you would be safe, that was simply not true for tens of thousands of Australian women.
2: You interviewed a whole heap of individuals for this, Jamila. What kind of stories were you you hearing? Was there much of a trend? Was every individual have their own unique uh, story or did you notice a bit of a pattern?
4: I think both of those things were true. So one of the problems that I'd noticed in the past around storytelling when it came to experiences of family violence and domestic abuse was we often take quite a singular view of who that abuse happens to. And certainly in the media, the stories that we pay attention to tend to be conventionally attractive white women with children. Um, They are the stories we pay attention to. But, of course, Uh, Family violence doesn't discriminate. It happens to everyone. Uh, So in this series, we have gone out of our way to make sure that it is representative and that it is diverse. And you're absolutely right, Alex, that these are 10 very individual stories and the experiences of these 10 people are very much their own experience, but there are threads of commonality. And the one that comes up again and again and again is this story of coercive control, that it is quite common for women who experience violence, for the very first act of violence they experience in their relationship to be one that is deadly or close to deadly because often violence doesn't build over time in the forms of other kinds of violence that then escalate. It's often other kinds of coercive activity. It's often things like financial abuse or verbal abuse or controlling behaviours and then you have this sudden escalation on one occasion and a woman ends up dead.
1: It's it's really interesting. I find the topic quite um, difficult to wrap my head around when it comes to how much it must be happening around me. You know, as an outsider, you think, "God, I never would have known that something was was wrong in that relationship." But that's the abuser's whole modus operandi is to make sure that you that no one knows. You know, yeah. does that yeah. do you find that that's the people stuck in these situations didn't know how to talk about what was going on because it was so um, mental
4: yeah and often exactly as you've just said Matt the first questions that come from uh, people external to that relationship including police and authorities is well has he hurt you and when the answer is well physically no uh, I think women are often put in a very difficult position to spell out exactly how controlling a relationship can be
2: Yeah, and I I think one of the continually pervasive um, reactions when people find out about this is the why don't you leave or why didn't she leave um, sort of situation. Are you able to explain um, a few instances for people who may be able to hear this and and not quite understand sometimes the gravity and the the, um, invisible bonds that would would keep people in a situation that is detrimental to their health?
4: Yeah, that's a great question. And the first thing I would say is that the single most dangerous time for a woman who has been in a violent relationship is the first couple of months after she leaves. That is the time she is most likely to be killed. So leaving is dangerous. And for so many women who are subject to an enormous amount of control, including financial control, the question I'd ask in response to why didn't she leave is, well, where would she go? Because we don't have the funding for... Uh, services to support women when they leave. Often we have only availability of services for a night or two and we don't have accommodation for children. A lot of those services are doing incredibly good work on the smell of an oily rag but they can't help everyone. One woman we talked to who used the pseudonym May talked about ending up uh, living in her car with a newborn baby for about eight to nine weeks uh, when she left a violent relationship and May is a highly educated she has a woman, she has a university degree, she's very capable. She knew how to approach and work through complex forms and systems. And she couldn't get anywhere because she would apply for Centrelink and try and seek help. And the first thing they ask you is, what's your address? She didn't have one. Mm. And uh, even shelters she would often go to and they would say, uh, well, we need your Centrelink details or we need this. And she said, but I don't have them because I don't have an address. And it was this snowball of complexity. Um, and she said those eight to nine weeks were the hardest eight to nine weeks of her life because she literally had nowhere to go. But she had to get out because she was in fear of the life of her baby and the life of herself.
2: Some incredible stories. There's no place like home podcast, put out by Future Women and hosted by Tarang Chawla. Um, and it's not just a, a a women problem or a female problem; it's a, it's an everyone problem, jumila. So, what what could you know, men such as me and Matt or anyone do to help bring attention and and hopefully improve the the current issues and the in the awful statistics?
4: Yeah, what a great question. I, I think um the single reality is that family violence when it is violence committed by men against women is a gendered issue. It comes from a place of sexism, which means that women have less power and influence to call it out, whereas other men do do that. And, uh, you know, Matt was saying earlier that often a man outwardly will seem like a really nice guy, right, will seem like a good neighbour or a good friend, Uh, but actually you don't know what's going on at home. So I would say to men listening, be really vigilant. Uh, Don't let the fact that someone is a great person to you mask the fact that perhaps they're not behaving particularly well towards their partner, call out bad language, call out offensive comments, don't be part of the joke, refuse, uh, where you've got the confidence to do that. And I think it comes from a place of bravery to say, I'm not just going to be a silent bystander that goes, well, I didn't participate in that kind of stuff, so I'm okay. Be someone who steps up and intervenes and says something.
1: Look, it's an incredible podcast. There's no place like home. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. It is produced by uh, Future Women. And Jamila, got to give a massive shout out to Tarang as well, the host of it. Tarang's sister suffered a terrible um, tragedy death uh, at the hands of her husband in 2015. Uh, he's really outspoken about this cause and he's, uh, he's he never gives up on um, trying to spread the message and to prove the lifestyle and living standards of, uh, of people in this country. So a um, huge shout out to how vocal he is and, and the work he puts in.
4: Yeah, he is an incredible advocate to and uh, he brings a beautiful voice to this podcast and also the voice of someone whose life has been changed irrevocably by violence. He lost his sister Nikki, as you said, in 2015 uh, at the hands of a violent partner and look, I never had the privilege of meeting Nikki, but I am so completely sure that if she were alive today, she'd be so proud of her brother.
2: Well, Jamila Rizvi, thanks for putting the, helping put the podcast together and also for chatting to us here on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast today. We appreciate it.
4: Thank you.
1: Right, it's time to jump into the Matt and Alex mailbag. Yeah, that's right. Philip got in touch with us, uh, as you can always do, on at matt.n.alex. Uh, at PWTheRealist said, With regards to our topic, what has your child ruined? Uh, Philip said, My wife and I were teaching our three-ish-year-old to put things in the rubbish. Doing really well.
2: Tell you, you need to teach a few bloody 30-year-olds to do that. God, <laughs> I hate walking around and seeing these things on the ground.
1: Well, maybe we do, maybe we don't, because unfortunately, Philip's three-year-old. Uh, Philip says, My wife takes her engagement ring off to cook. We eventually found out after our daughter said she put stuff in the bin. Oh, oh. The bin was already taken out, and truck had taken No! It. <laughs> ah. Oh my god! <laughs> oh dear! Oh well. Now, uh, Harry, Harry Burge, Jesse. yeah, I got in touch. This is on the topic of uh, the old Foursquare, the handballs, Dunny flusher chat. Uh, topic of fourswear. Um, our four squares had two big rectangles on either end. So we had ace, king, queen, dunce, double dunce, triple dunce.
2: <laughs> oh goodness. That's like multi-ball in pinball. It sounds pretty hectic there, Harry. Thank you for that. Emma, on the topic of how are you living <laughs> or what object are you keeping alive? At my old work, we had a golf cart/slash gator that we would use to run the bins out. The key snapped off in the ignition. So we jam a butter knife in there to turn it on. Yeah. Turning... Not much a knife can't do, is, it, can, is there? We've also heard from Ori, who got in touch after Matt O'Kine told his story of uh, his mate went to the the toilet on the, uh, the trail to Machu Picchu.
0: Not appropriate for faeces-free Friday, but probably nearly 20 years ago, we were at my sister's boyfriend's parents' summer cottage. And while we were waiting to get in, mum was busting to go to a toilet. So she's gone somewhere into the forest to do a poo. She's fine, didn't tell anyone. And But the funny part of it is someone found it and then they were all, all what animal is this? And they're all poking at it and they <laughs> actually They got it's warm and oh, it's got to be a bear, it's so big. And... <laughs> It took mum years to um, admit to anyone that it was her.
1: There would be nothing more, like, just wrecking than than have everyone study your poop as if you were a wild bear.
2: And mistake it for one of the biggest beasts of the forest. (laughs) So intelligent it's using toilet paper! (laughs) they there, ruining Feces Free Friday for another week. These
1: things happen. Hey, thank you so much for keeping in touch with us and for listening all through the week. We're going to be back again on Monday, won't we, Alex Dyson? I've got it in my diary. Sure do. So please join us then. And if you want to keep in touch with us over the weekend, hit us up at matt.n.alex or mattandalex.com.au. Until then, bye-bye.
0: That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au.
3: Listener.